was louder than normal, closer than the birds working away on a cedar tree in my backyard. The rat-a-tat-tat sound caught my attention as I was praying and working on a message to you, and it was a gift from the Lord. My wife has coaxed me into becoming a bird watcher. She even hung a bird feeder outside my sliding glass doors from my home office where I've enjoyed seeing the birds and sometimes rascally squirrels eat. But that morning on the bird feeder, there was this massive red head, the pileated woodpecker. Woody the woodpecker had shown up. The Lord had sent me a blessing to start my day. As Christ Jesus spoke to his disciples in Matthew, he said, look at the birds. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Don't worry, he said. Words we all need to hear. Welcome to Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a special series called In the Footsteps of Paul. Have you ever looked at the back of your Bible? Most Bibles have a series of maps illustrating the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. The lines that trace out his path seem to go in every direction and back again. This was a man on a mission. Once a persecutor of Christians, now he was one of them. And not just a Christian, but an apostle, evangelist, church planter. In Paul's story, though unique to him, we can still see our story. Those blinded by the darkness of sin, now shining the light of Christ to the world. In a moment, we're going to Acts 13 and join Paul on his first missionary mission as he was sent out from Antioch with Barnabas and John Mark. And speaking of that map in the back of your Bible, wouldn't it be great if you could actually see the places Paul visited? Well, you can now with the documentary we have for your support called In the Footsteps of Paul. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot and many, many more by sea. But if there ever was an historical character I've longed to play, it is Paul. So for me, this is a very personal quest. I could look like that. What do you think? A little bit. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research, and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament. That's how the two-part documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul begins. And even though it originally aired on the BBC, Haven Today is the only place you can find this DVD in North America. It'll bless you as you watch. And after this program, I want to invite you to call us and make a generous gift for this two-part DVD in the footsteps of Paul. The number you can call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or come to our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org, for in the footsteps of Paul. And now we open with music that's born out of Indiana, the Gaither Vocal Band. We need now our love to proclaim it. We need 
The Southern Gospel Style, the Gaither Vocal Band, opening this Haven Today, a song called Redeemed, on Haven Today in the Footsteps of Paul. I'm Charles Morris. Now, before we head over to Acts 13, I'd like you to hear a little more of David Suchet's journey as he walked in the footsteps of Paul. And in this segment, we hear a little more about the church in Antioch. That's where believers in Christ were first called Christians, where Paul was sent from as a missionary. Today, the biblical city of Antioch is known as Antakya. On the outskirts of the city, I pass the magnificent Iron Gate, one of the few survivors from ancient times. And a little further down the valley, carved into the mountainside, was a site that tradition says played an important role in early Christianity. It's here that I met New Testament scholar Helen Bond. It's quite pretty, actually. It does, isn't it? This is St. Peter's Church, where, according to church tradition, um, the, the church at Antioch met, and St. Paul is even supposed to have preached here on occasion. Really? Yes. Who was he preaching to, then? Well, it's really interesting because this is a mixed community of people, um, people from Antioch, some of them are Jews, some of them are non-Jews, um, all kinds of people that have, have heard about the new faith and have been a- anxious to join. 
A lot of people in the ancient world were quite interested in, in Jewish ideas, the idea of monotheism, one God, the Jewish ethics. Um, and so Christianity was a little bit like that. Clearly it was coming from a Jewish background. Yeah. Um, I think also at this time there was a, an interest in, in people to, towards a sort of more personal kind of religion, perhaps something more than the, the gods of Rome were offering. He's also talking about something he believes, you know, the end of the world is going to come soon. You've got to prepare yourself, get ready. Um, I, I think, you know, in this kind of place, a, a big, thriving city like this, yeah. that, that might have been quite attractive to a lot of people. And Paul was an urban man, wasn't he? He was a city man and... <laughs> he would have worked here and would he have been comfortable? I think he would. I think he'd have been entirely at home in a place like Antioch. It was very similar in many ways to Tarsus, where he was yeah. from, um, and very different, I think, to the kind of places that Jesus and the disciples were used to. You know, they yes. were much more rural men. For Paul, you know, he's part of this establishment. Yeah. You know, he can talk to anybody in this city. He's perfectly at home here. Whereas I think it would have been much more difficult to, for the, the first followers of Jesus. In Antioch, the Jesus movement was building a bridge between the Jewish and non-Jewish worlds. And Paul's skills in talking and preaching to non-Jews made him the ultimate bridge builder. Coming into a cafe like this, into a sort of social situation, Paul would have been very used to doing this sort of thing, sitting amongst men while they were playing games. I don't think much would have changed in 2,000 years, and he might have taken advantage of the situation and started chatting about his beliefs. Something about Paul's message clearly rang true in Antioch. I wondered if Helen was right that maybe he was offering a more caring alternative to the brutal norms of Roman society. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It was in Antioch that the followers of Jesus were first called Christians, but their numbers were small, too small for a dedicated church. Paul is said to have preached instead in private homes. It was a tactic that was to serve him well. Holding meetings in a house not only afforded a venue, but also gave him access to a wider network of family and friends who could help spread the word. When the Roman Catholics came here, they took their lead from Paul. That was David Suchet in Antioch as he walked in the footsteps of Paul. And I'm Charles Morris here in Haven Today. Now, let's go to the passage I want us to look at, Acts 13. As the story is told, once Paul had found favor in the eyes of the other apostles, he got right to work. Listen as the story picks up in Acts 13. We'll go back now to British actor David Suchet. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 
So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimas and said, You are the child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time and not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Special thanks to BibleGateway.com for allowing us to use David Suchet reading the NIV UK version of the Bible. Paul and Barnabas, one of the great Bible duos, if there ever was one. We find them here in Acts 13, visiting the church in Antioch. And then they were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Where did they go? With their travel companion, John Mark, they sailed about 100 miles to the west, from the southern tip of modern Turkey to the Greco-Roman island of Cyprus. They arrived at one of the island's port cities, Salamis. And when Paul stepped afoot on that island, he was initiating the next part of Jesus' missionary plan. The Lord had said in Acts chapter 1 that his gospel would go throughout Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. That had already happened. What was left? To the ends of the earth. And here was Paul stepping foot on a Gentile island, a Greek island. No longer would the observers of Israel's God have to come to Israel. Now the good news was moving outward. The gospel promise first given to Abraham all the way back in Genesis 12 was being fulfilled even more now. Abraham's seed would indeed bring the blessings of the Messiah to all the families of the earth. But even here, the shift in focus wasn't cut and dried. It's a transition. When Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark arrived in this port city, they started a pattern that we'll see continuing throughout all of Acts. Verse 5, after they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They did this throughout the island as they kept moving westward to the capital, Paphos. And here, the sheer power of the word of God would be displayed before a Roman official. That official was Sergius, Paulus, proconsul of the region. And among his advisors, a Jewish sorcerer with two names, 
Bar, Jesus, and Elimus. The names are significant. The text tells us exactly what Elimus means in verse 8, the sorcerer. In other words, this man, who was a descendant of Abraham, had been drawn into the darkness of magic and sorcery. In a pagan society like Cyprus, the Roman proconsul would have liked counselors who had insight into the spiritual realm. All the better if they could perform acts of magic. There's more to his name, though. Bar-Jesus may sound funny to us, but the word bar is simply the Aramaic word for son. And Jesus, that name so significant to us, was simply the Greek way to say the name of Joshua, the great name that means salvation. So here was this sorcerer, the son of salvation. But Paul knew better. In verse 10 of Acts 13, he calls him a child of the devil. Here on a tiny Gentile island, Paul found one of his own kinsmen doing what so many Israelites had done before, taking on the practices of the nations around them. Isn't it ironic that Paul strikes him with blindness? The same thing happened to Paul on the road to Damascus. Both men, Jews, one a zealot and persecutor, the other an idolater, both blinded. But unlike the apostle Paul, this bar Jesus, the sorcerer, was left blind at the end of the story. In verse 11, immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Meanwhile, as this man stumbled there in the darkness, the Holy Spirit was bringing the light of Christ to his boss. Verse 12, when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Do you feel like you're stumbling around in darkness today? Many of us are, and maybe don't even know it. Jew or Gentile, no matter where you come from, or where you are even right now, everyone is in the darkness when they're apart from Jesus Christ. Many of us know Christ, but the troubled times we live in may feel misty and dark. Don't look for answers at least not ultimate ones, in the world. Look again to Christ. His word and spirit raise the dead and give sight to the blind. Paul knew that better than anyone. He had spent years stumbling around in that same darkness. But after that Damascus Road experience, all his paths, even the hard ones, were lit up by the light of Christ. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, some of us are angry, some of us are confused, some of us don't really have all the answers. Lord, would you lead us to the spiritual tasks that lay ahead of us? But first, would you lead us to the cross of Christ, where we find the answers to all of life's issues, and also we find the answer to our need for new life to be born again in Jesus Christ. Lord, be with us this day. May we learn from the footsteps of Paul. May we follow in his steps as together we follow Jesus, in whose name we pray right now. Amen.
Sarah Groves, and he's always been faithful here on this Haven Today and a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. Thank you for joining me as we dug in deeper into the book of Acts, Acts 13, and the very first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. We'll follow him more on his life on our next program together. Times are not just changing. They have changed. But one thing doesn't change for a Christian, God's word, and it's how he speaks to us even now. What a better time than this to follow the life of Paul and how his life shows steps that we should all take living for Christ. If you haven't made your gift yet for the two-part DVD in the footsteps of Paul, hosted by British actor David Suchet, why not today? Originally made for the BBC, this stellar documentary will help you to read your Bible with a new sense of realism on what it means for you. We can't all go to the places Paul visited and planning the young church of Jesus Christ, but this is almost as good as traveling there yourself. Call us now for your copy of In the Footsteps of Paul. Make as generous a gift as you can to help us keep sharing Jesus. And the number to call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go make your gift on our website at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you have time to linger just a little bit when you visit our website, be sure and watch the trailer we have from this wonderful documentary that'll be a blessing to you in the footsteps of Paul. And as we close, I'd like to invite you to become a Haven partner. That's someone who gives automatically every month, but agrees to pray regularly for this ministry. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you go to our website, becoming a Haven partner at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? And again, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus, here in the summer, on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When the Apostle John was visited by the risen Christ while he was exiled to the island of Patmos, he saw so many marvelous things that John said he couldn't even describe them. But one thing rang out clearly. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Not to judge us, but to save us. And John wanted to encourage his suffering Christian family. Chapter after chapter of prophecy and visions of the end, culminating in chapter 22, This promise from Christ, I'm coming quick, and my reward is with me. That reward is for all his people. 
He earned it for us. He's bringing it with him when he comes back. All we need is to trust him in the here and now. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit getanchor.com.